Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. We have a whole bunch to discuss this week, a lot of fun topics. Kate Middleton returned from maternity leave, uh, and we will discuss her appearance, and then We've got to talk about Samantha Markle, who, I mean, she really took things to another level this weekend, and we will get into that as well. We will also touch on some non-royal news, including Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's little indie movie, A Star is Born, which, Josh, I believe you saw over the weekend. We can finally discuss, because now I've seen it as well. We're also going to discuss Lindsay Lohan's latest whereabouts. As a reminder, Josh and I will also be recording a special episode this Friday morning, immediately after Princess Eugenie's wedding, so we can discuss all of the royal appearances, all of that sort of excitement. Don't forget to call into our hotline. We're really excited to experience this royal wedding together. So if there are any sort of thoughts, observations, whatever, you can go ahead and give us a call at 347-790-0966. All of a sudden, I feel like I ha- it hadn't really set in for me that there was another royal wedding coming up because of all the, I don't know, Harry Meghan had so much attention and tumult. But now I'm kind of getting psyched. I'm really psyched. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start with Kate. Kate was waiting for my birthday, I think. She kind of marked it on the calendar when she gave birth to Prince Louis and said, 10-2, I'm marking that one down for my return to the spotlight to just give Josh that little extra boost he needs on his birthday. I really appreciate it, Kate. So I guess about five months later, she also, you know what's interesting? She gave birth to him on my mom's birthday. Really? April 23rd. That's wild. She's trying to speak, communicate with me somehow, and I, I'm not sure how to read the tea leaves, I think. Your <laughs> fates are intertwined. I just, this can't be a coincidence. No, that's crazy. Anyway, Julie, this appearance was at a forest school wildlife garden sort of outdoor area. It's an outdoor education charity where they help young people boost their self-esteem, I guess, through these outdoor activities. Now, I feel like her look for this event... How would you describe it? It's she's she definitely dressed for an outdoor sort of casual appearance. This was right. not a kind of formal affair. I would say kind of safari, maybe hunting chic. Safari chic, that's so good. Right? She had that like green, army green flak jacket, these incredible uh knee-high leather boots that I believe she's worn before. Zara brown legging jeans. Like she looked And her hair looked resplendent, I thought. It kind of looked a little, I'm definitely not the expert here on this, but it looked shorter to me and kind of a little different. It looked like she had some sort of trim, amazing blowout, all kinds of volume. I watched the entire YouTube video. There's a YouTube video online of her appearance from when her car rolls up at the school, because we talked a little bit about this last week. Was she going to slam the car door shut like Meghan Markle did? Josh, she started to close the door herself. Right. I thought that was very intended, right? Don't you think she did that intentionally? Because this is not someone who's usually closed the car door. And then about a week after Megan causes this like global, you know, hubbub about closing the door herself, I feel like Kate wanted to show solidarity. 
Right, but the security guard kind of ruined the moment because he was ready to close the car door, so he kind of stopped it halfway, and then he finished closing it. She partially closed the door. Yeah. God, we need, like, a Zap Ruder footage. Like, I want to get, like, I need, like, all different angles of that car door because, I mean, you, I feel like you watch the video footage more carefully than I did, but, like, you couldn't really see. W- I, I needed a different angle. Okay. Yes, yes, I can Because you're right. It does look like they kind of put, like, they kind of stop her halfway. Right. But I think she was trying to. I think she was trying to also. Josh, what a birthday appearance she made. Do you think that was discussed in any way? Like, do you think she no. said to William that morning, like, you know what I'm going to do for a little bit of a, you know, Megan needs, you know, she's dealing with all this family drama. I'm just going to give her a little, you know. What? Support? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, hey, girl, support. Maybe. Because I feel like I kind of love that. I love it, too. I'm all about it. But talk to me about these kids, because there were so many bizarre interactions on this appearance. It was it was really insane watching the full footage. I've never felt more creepy. But just seeing how awkward the whole encounter was, like she got out of the car, she had to introduce herself to all the staff members at the school. And then she kind of just goes in and just dives right in with the kids, <laughs> bending over, asking people what their names are. She sat down at a table. This kid handed her a toilet paper roll. You would have been horrified, but I guess he was using it to catch some sort of insect. Oh, God. I know. And it's her kind of being very aware of the cameras around her because you hear in the background all these snaps of the shutters. And there's just something very awkward about it. Uh, So she was doing that. At one point, she kind of went over with the kids and bent over looking in the bushes for bugs. Um, Apparently, she does that with George and Charlotte at home. (laughs) That's like the first time in my life I've ever felt bad for George and Charlotte. (laughs) Like mom comes over and is like, oh, we're going to have a fun little activity. And they go, what, digging for insects? Uh, The school administrator chose a really on-brand activity for the day making little leaf crowns that's cute that's cute kate was helping the kids kind of pick leaves and smell leaves deciding if they were right to put on the crown some girls presented her with some type of like necklace made out of like roughage from the forest and kate acted like she had never received such a piece of jewelry before that's nice that's nice i know it but there was just no cue for what kate was supposed to do so at one point she kind of darted over with this kid to a sink and the kid was holding like a watering jug he had no understanding of who kate was and like did not care he essentially treated her like she was some sort of aide commanded her to kind of uh, fill up his water jug. And this was appalling to me. I don't think you or I would have done this. She put her hand right on this outdoor sink and she like actually turned the faucet on. I was just scared for her, all the germs. Wait, forget Megan slamming the door. I feel like that should be the international story. That did more to modernize the monarchy, right? No gloves inside. No gloves at all? She just was going right into that faucet. She did. So she kind of filled up the jug and she was like, is this okay? And the kid was already off. I love that this little girl came up to her. Uh, she kind of grabbed Kate's hand. Thank God she was a kid because I feel like... It sounds like everyone had free reign. This sounds so wild and reckless. I know. Well, the kids, I should know, were probably about four or five years old. So this girl kind of grabs Kate's hand And she says kind of sweetly, why are they picturing you? And that's because, of course, these kids are like terrified. All these grown men photographers have swarmed their school. They've never been there for that before and are just 
photographing Kate having this, this moment, Kate replied, and she didn't really sell this line. She replied, they're picturing you because you're so special. Did you see that exchange? Yeah, that felt a, like a very Megany line to me. Right. It doesn't strike me as the kind of thing Kate usually, that's a quick thing to come up with. I would not have been able to. And it was immediate. So I feel like that must have been in like media training at some point. Did the girl seem to, like, how did she respond to that? She wasn't buying it either <laughs> because Kate didn't sell it. She was like, no, they're taking photos of you, clearly. And the girl's like, uh, definitely not because when I leave, they don't follow me. <laughs> like, at a certain point, they were all ushered to this little circular area for story time. And these kids, I don't know if this was like a different class, but I love they were all in these matching sweatsuits. Can you imagine having a private audience with Kate Middleton and you get to wear a sweatsuit? <laughs> I don't even know like what I would. It's too much for me to process. I'm imagining like J-Lo Juicy Couture. They're, I assume that's not what they looked like. No, these were like champion like dark green sweatsuits but it's kind of fallout so some kids had jackets over kate sat down on like this little rock for a story time and this cute little girl in a pink jacket just planted herself right next to kate middleton she was like the spirit animal we need to be channeling and all of the social encounters going forward so at that point they passed out little cups to pour juice in oh my gosh i can't wait to hear where this is going so the girl next to her had her little juice poured she chugged this juice like she had just walked through a desert and like hadn't been hydrated in a week and then she started singing. And of course, all the photographers are just trained on Kate and this little girl. Yummy, yummy in my tummy. And Kate was not ready for this improv. So she kind of said yummy, yummy back, but like wasn't comfortable. And then the girl just shouted at the teacher more. And Kate turned to her and like her face is kind of obscured. I played this back about six times. I'm pretty sure she says can you say please? But then like she kind of pulls back like, wait, I shouldn't be correcting the Correcting stranger. this girl. And did the girl say please? Absolutely not. This is a, the wildest appearance. I feel like we need to do a full on like scripted recreation of all of this later. I mean, we basically are doing that now, I guess I should say. I'm getting the sense that not having seen the full video, it doesn't sound like Kate was super comfortable through all of this, or was she? No, but in her defense, I guess it would be very hard to be super comfortable because With all these, these kids, like, it seems like it was very just unscripted. Right. As you said, it was kind of like free form. These kids, she really was kind of like dropped into this situation, but it was really cute when she left. All of the kids kind of lined up. And they were shouting, like, bye, princess. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, she went down the line and, like, shaked each little kid's hand. And then a couple of the girls, like, leaned in for a hug. Some of the kids did know who she was. I guess you're so young at that age, you probably don't really have the full grasp, though. I feel like the bye, princess was prompted by the teacher. Oh, she, like, basically told them to say that? Right. My God. And also, it's kind of interesting to me, her return from maternity leave was such a hands-on, interactive appearance. Like, I feel like sometimes you get to do ones where you just come out for a few photos and then like sit through a ceremony or something. This one feels like you really had to be on for it. 
Right. I mean, I was exhausted just watching because it, it seemed like it was less than an hour. What I saw was maybe 20 minutes, but she got in there, must have introduced herself to at least 40 people. Had to make eye contact. I know. And then afterwards, the Daily Mail reported, I guess, when she was speaking to one of the teachers, she told one that she likes to go on spider hunts with George and Charlotte. That detail just really throws me. Like, I cannot believe George, like, puts up with that. Enjoys that. I know. It's wild. Um, But we have another voicemail from Helen who had a little more insight on this, this visit. Let's hear from Helen. Hi there. This is Helen from London giving you guys another call. Thank you so much for playing my messages. Love it. So firstly, just want to say about Kate's uh, return to work this week. I think it was a brilliant call for her visiting the Forest School. Also, Forest School in Paddington is like half a mile from Kensington Palace. It's right kind of next to where the hospital where she gave birth to all the children. So keeping it local, which is nice. Why not? Ease yourself in. But I just think it was a really lovely appearance for her. Made so much sense with the children. She seemed really natural and at ease and loved the dressed down kind of off-duty cash look, which completely, she completely nailed. I really don't want to compare her to Megan. That's that's not what we need to be doing. We should be doing. But it really did set her apart. I thought it was it was a really great call. So super excited she's back in the fold um, and hoping for some good double appearances over the next couple of months. And obviously we'll have Christmas appearances to look forward to. So so that's great. Also, just watch the second episode of the Queen Commonwealth documentary. And you know what? Also, also great. Really much more of a celebration of the Queen and all the countries that she's she looks after and she visits and um, really a celebration of the relationship with India as well. And it kind of just more, the programme focused more on that this week. We still managed to get another clip of Meghan seeing her veil, which is great. Fine, we've seen it. Well done. Um, but yeah, really, really touching stories as well from from the different countries. Particular highlight, I think, was Prince Charles on his visit to India, having to grin and and bear through a performance from some local school children bless them I think any parent has sat through one of those those school concerts and just you just have to grimace and and get through it and he did a sterling job um, on that count so I think however cheesy it sounds it's a very good week Um, I'm very proud to be British cheesy but true so yes hopefully some more good things coming from this side of the pond over to you guys Hope you're having a great week and catch up soon. Take care from London. Thank you so much. Bye now. Okay. Thank you, Helen, for our UK analysis. Her dispatches are so great. I feel like it's the London correspondent we've always needed on this podcast. So as if the Samantha Markle saga couldn't get more, I don't know. Desperate. Strange, desperate, confusing, uncomfortable. (laughs) Samantha showed up like the you know, kind of mastery of the stunts that she is at Kensington Palace on Saturday. People said that she appears to have been in London since late September. We knew she had arrived, but this was the first time, I guess she, for whatever reason, took her a few days to decide to make her approach <laughs> this weekend. So she was wheeled by her partner uh, and she has MS, so she's in a wheelchair. And we see in these photos that she's kind of being pushed up to the palace guard and she had a handwritten letter to deliver to Megan. But 
there's some controversy over this is as hot as controversies get over whether she handed over the letter or if the guard would even take the letter um because the daily mail says that she failed to deliver the letter which seems clear like this letter did not get to megan people.com says that she did deliver the letter to the palace guard in which case maybe it did get to megan but it sounds like I, I think it's safe to say no matter what, Megan is never going to get her hands on this letter. For everyone, we hope that's, we all I think everyone hopes that's the case. Um, but Samantha tweeted later, everybody would love to know what's in that letter. And then followed it up with a few emoji, including an angel and a kissy face. So she is really just trying to play up the intrigue. Uh, Everybody would love to know what's in that letter. Julie, I mean, like, what to even say? I mean, what could possibly be in it? Um, but you might have thought also, I guess, some background context that she shared a, like an apology of sorts on TV, which we had, I think, talked about. And it sort of indicated that this was all going to be over, but obviously it's not. And then, so she come to, she kind of goes to do this letter delivery that doesn't go as planned. They won't let her in to see Megan. And then there are all these photos of her buying sort of outside the palace at a kind of merch stand masks of Harry and Megan's face. Um, and you can see the photos. <laughs> you can see the photographs. There's a really creepy one of her with like Harry's, uh, the Harry mask that she's kind of like holding over her face. They're truly frightening. Uh, even the Daily Mail says the bizarre photos show Samantha clutching a Harry mask. When you know photos are bizarre, when the Daily Mail is calling them bizarre, <laughs> like even for the Daily Mail, they like don't know what to do about these photos. Um, I just don't know what to say at this point. I guess you know. She she kind of promised she was going to try to go meet Megan at the palace. She's following through, but where are things going to go from here? This has nothing to do with her actually wanting to mend things with M Megan. No, no. She was paid by some tabloid to do this like sting operation. I'm sure she had some sort of like hidden camera affixed to her like sensible button down. And she was like ready to go in there, guns blazing. There is no way she was just going to go in and have like a civil meeting. So sometimes I feel like she's all about the show of here, this whole thing and that maybe she doesn't even have anything to say. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like as you're saying, she doesn't care about talking to Megan. So I feel like when she actually got in, like it would just be kind of that's not even the point. Right. If anything, meeting with Megan, that would just give her more stories to tell in these right. paid interviews. How are they going to deal with her, though? I'm surprised. Well, so then it gets ominous. The mirror says, I guess she's kind of claimed through her rap and herself on her account on Twitter that palace officials received a letter saying her behavior would escalate if they did not arrange a meeting with the Duchess. So she's like threatening villain style to like go even crazier if they don't let her meet with Megan now. And like, is she going to do anything at this uh, Eugenie's wedding on Friday? Right. Is she going to parachute down into the wedding itself? I mean, what else? Maybe she'll try to show up outside because it's at Windsor Castle. And as Katie Weaver told us, isn't it kind of set up as some sort of, fortunately, it's like a fort. Can they stop her from being one of those people that's on 
you know, like on the ground, sort of like how Katie was like watching everything. Right. I know. Does Megan have some sort of restraining order? I feel like it's getting to a point where they need to do something like that. Or, I mean, this is not normal. Like, she's showing up and buying a Megan mask. I know. And where has there been any mention of Tom Markle? Or is he kind of in hiding? Yeah, I feel like usually they work in concert. So I feel like we know, we know Tom is going to be coming up soon. Tom's probably secretly there. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It makes me feel very uneasy as ever. But I'm, and I'm very nervous about how things are going to escalate. I hope for everyone's sake, she's probably going to wear her mask as a disguise so that she can sneak in somewhere. It's really terrifying. I feel bad for Megan. She shouldn't be subjected to this. I mean, thankfully, Megan's leaving for Australia soon. Um, So I feel like at least they're getting away from London for 16 days or something. I mean, well, I just hope that no one's going to pay Samantha to essentially follow her to Australia. If she goes to Australia, that's when you know it's time for legal action, I think. Right. Someone needs to... I wonder why the palace hasn't like spoken to the Daily Mail or any of these publications or us that are giving her press and just said, like, listen, we'll give you a different kind of scoop with Megan if you stop talking to her. Yes, that's such a good call. All right, let's change to a, I guess I was I was trying, gonna maybe try to draw a parallel between Samantha Markle and Lindsay Lohan but like there is none to be made I feel no and how insulting to <laughs> Lindsay Lohan <laughs> I wasn't gonna equate them I just was gonna try to see if there was a link yeah let's listen to a, a voicemail from Dubai I love that these voicemails come from around the world Hey guys, so as promised on Instagram I'm calling in with an overseas tip so, um, as you might be aware, Lindsay Lohan has moved to Dubai and has been living here for some time. And a few of my friends have always um, mentioned that they've bumped into her out and about, but I had never. And I had even stopped following her on Instagram. I gave up because I thought that would give me some clues as to where she is. Um, and the reason I thought tonight's sighting was significant was because she was in the news so recently um, with that crazy video of her trying to snatch some kid from his mom. And then, of course, so soon after the dancing in Mykonos video. Anyway, I was having dinner with a friend and I didn't even know that she was there. And my friend was like gesturing and gesticulating and saying like, look, look, look over there. And lo and behold, it was Lindsay Lohan sitting at a table with four other friends um, and chain smoking the entire night. Uh, I would like to report that she ate quite well, but did not stop smoking or drinking for that matter. So, yeah, and then she kind of slipped out at the end of the night, so I did not get a chance to take a picture, but she just looked like another normal person. Um, it was actually interesting to see that no one was bothering her, even though it was Dubai, and people tend to be uh, a little bit less used to seeing celebrities in the wild. But to be honest, I don't think most people recognized her which is why my question was, is she still relevant? There you go. Thanks for the amazing show. I Highlights of my week, always. Always the highlights of my week. No bad energy. Oh, amazing account. Amazing account. I think Lindsay's super relevant in the sense that 
her every move seems to still get a lot of coverage, right, Julie? Like, I feel, I feel like the Mykonos dance video also showed how people are still just kind of like eager for content related to her, right? And kind of rooting for her. The mm-hmm. fact that it became this whole viral meme moment about Lindsay's uh, dancing video as a mood. I think people are very much hoping for. That all said, I didn't follow, I think I was away for that weekend, but then I caught up on it after the whole kind of conversation, but the clip about like kind of trying to talk to those, the family and take the two children. We still need that to be explained to us yeah. for those who didn't see that. Um, according to the Sydney Morning Herald, in a bizarre viral clip, which Lohan posted to her Instagram page and then removed... Lohan is seen bothering a homeless family on a dimly lit street, even suggesting she take two children to her hotel for the night to watch movies. TMZ reported that this confrontation occurred in Moscow. Um, The family attempts, the family clearly doesn't know that Lindsay is Lindsay Lohan. So they think that she's just kind of this crazy woman trying to take away the kids. And Lohan gets a little bit mad that they're so resistant. She says, guys, you're going the wrong way. Look what's happening. They're trafficking children. Um, so she actually trails them for a few blocks. Wow. Tries to grab one of the kid's hands. And then the mother hits Lohan, sending her camera tumbling to the ground. Lindsay says, I'm like in shock right now. I'm just so scared. Her publicist, her reps have not explained what it was. Maybe Lindsay had, it sounds here, like very valiant intentions. Yeah. I feel like this, that's one of those videos where I saw the headlines and just thought, nope, not going to watch this one. It felt, it felt too troubling or something. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there's more to the story that we don't know. Right. I, I kind of feel like Lindsay is an avatar for anyone who has gone through something. Like, I really am rooting for her to succeed. I want her to establish her whole Mykonos brand. And I'm just curious to see what the reality show is like, which is supposed to debut on MTV in January. Josh and I will definitely be watching. Yes, definitely. Can't wait for that. I feel like we're in need of a juicy reality show right now. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Great. I love the sighting, though. Love a good celeb sighting story. I know. Our call from Dubai. We're, again, honored. But let's talk a little bit about A Star is Born. Josh, you saw it this weekend. I saw it this weekend. It had been teased uh, after Julie saw it in Toronto. And I feel like I, I can't remember the last time I saw a movie with this much hype, personally at least, going in. Uh, and I had very high expectations and I knew some details from Julie. Like I was watching out for the fact that the dog in the movie was played by Bradley Cooper's dog. And I knew kind of like specific little scenes and things that were going to be coming. And obviously I've seen the trailer a million times, uh, but I was blown away Julie by how um, like serious and gripping it was as a film. Like I somehow was expecting it to be a little more like, cheesy musical which there's like a little bit of that in there but it's plays to me much more like as a drama than anything else um and the and the and the without spoiling too much like the addiction storyline is intense um and i know everyone needs to read if you've seen the movie or if you haven't and are just curious julie wrote an amazing roundup of like just like all different little interesting like trivia elements like a lot of it was related to how it kind of all plays into the first three movies which i did not realize how much of it was like purely a remake um 
and I guess there's like also just kind of interesting details about like little tributes that they played that like you wouldn't pick up on. But is that sort of how you felt too? Like I felt like it was more serious than I thought it was going to be or something. Right. Because I walked into that theater. I hadn't watched any of the other movies or right. beforehand. So I didn't really know the story. I didn't know what I was walking into and I had heard so much hype. I was very skeptical. Didn't want to believe it. Yeah. But I was, I wept. Did you cry? I was I didn't cry. I don't know. That had more to do with my personal. People were crying around me. I I got I felt emotional. I feel like Gaga's acting I was also very like impressed by. I cuz obviously I knew she was going to really kill it with like the musical numbers, but she has some hard scenes to play cuz you know Bradley's character is going through like the throes of addiction and and then I felt like she handled all of that kind of like in like her first lead role right in a movie like very kind of like new in a nuanced way that i i don't know i also was intrigued about the real life there's like a lot of meta aspects to the whole thing um and i know i think this was in your thing but like just the fact that like lady gaga had been told at the beginning of her career that her nose was gonna like be a problem and then like in the movie her character's nose is like also a problem and i was always like it always is interesting to me when there's a movie where there's so much like bleeding between the real life and the not that was all bradley cooper because he co-wrote the script and he wanted it to feel as authentic as possible so he's struggled with addiction he doesn't really speak about it but he incorporated all of his own experiences and then he wanted lady gaga's part to feel authentic so like the drag queen sequences i well, thought that was, was all from her right yeah all from her he set their meeting in this drag bar i didn't i had heard that, that scene was amazing the whole right. beginning is so good yeah I didn't know how that was going to play. It didn't really make sense to me. But the performers, I guess Lady Gaga suggested Willem and Shangela on RuPaul's Drag Race. And they're so funny. And Bradley, I guess, just let them improv. And also, it was interesting that I didn't realize the eyebrow scene was like an homage to one of the first ones or something. Yeah. So after I saw the most recent, the lady got a Bradley Cooper, I went back and watched all three of the earlier. Oh my God. It was quite the marathon, but the eyebrow. So if you haven't seen the Bradley Cooper, one uh he meets lady gaga's character she's performing la vie and rose and she's wearing full edith piaf makeup he goes backstage with her and he kind of like pulls off she's a fake eyebrow and there's a whole exchange about her makeup and in the earlier movies that's similar usually the girl gets like a full crazy studio makeover and then the guy says like no i prefer you without your your makeup their chemistry was sizzling Oh like my I, gosh, I was not ready for that. And there are a few love scenes. It was. It gets pretty raw. I mean, I was about to say raunchy. It's like not even the right word for it. It's very like sensitively filmed, but like it, it, it's good. Right. I mean, I just feel like they also clearly were at a point where they could like trust each other. So, I mean, you can tell from the press tour, like they're clearly super just connected. I think they've called each other soulmates on some level. So w- will this ever bleed into an actual relationship? Well, that's I- the thing. I think I tweeted this, but like I, ca- I couldn't help but wonder after like what the dynamic is like between like Arena Shayek and because like, they, bo- they and both are dating Gaga's people. And- right and lady gaga exactly so like i just feel like in both cases it's like i i can't i just feel like it's a it's human nature I, I feel like it's hard to watch that and not think about what it would be like if you're like dating lady gaga in real life and then you're watching this chemistry that she has with bradley or arena vice versa 
I also feel like it was interesting. I don't know how you interpreted this, but like the kind of, it almost felt to me like when she kind of quote unquote sells out for this like pop music career, it gets very close to like what Lady Gaga's beginning of her career was like when she was putting out Just Dance. And I don't know if she's talked about this at all in any of the press she's done, but like I was kind of, uh, that was the only part of the film that I wasn't sure about because it felt to me like it was sort of as if they were saying, like, oh, it's not authentic to be doing more, like, pop music. Um, whereas I feel like in her own career, Lady Gaga's proven you can do pop in, like, a really incredible, meaningful way that is, like, actually, like, from your soul and whatever. But, like, I feel like the fact that the SNL song that she... If you haven't seen the movie yet, and, and when she's on SNL, she kind of does her first big pop single. And it's meant to be, I think, seen as, like, bad and like kind of like it's like why like why'd you come around me with an ass like that or whatever is the beginning of it and i was like why did it have i mean i don't know do you know what i'm trying to say right i think uh the la times interviewed her and they kind of touch on that and i think she said like oh you're right there are some similarities but she didn't go much further yeah i don't know why i got so heated about that just now i just i don't know it it felt to me like a little strange that they were almost i thought the overall message seemed to be one of like oh like his music is a little more like authentic in this like country world right 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 he gets very uncomfortable with she's being packaged like her hair right and i get all of that i get all of that i guess the thing is she wasn't playing lady gaga she was playing a character but it was so close to like lady gaga i think maybe i know andrew dice clay i thought was really good didn't expect- oh my god he was so funny right interesting cameos when alec baldwin and halsey um like anytime the real world kind of came in i was intrigued where were they supposed to live that was the other thing i wasn't sure about oh that's a good I think like Coldwater Canyon area. Oh, okay. That house is amazing. Such a good house. And wait, so that dog is his dog. That's his dog, Charlie, who I guess is named after Bradley Cooper's late father. Oh, God. I know. He wanted Charlie to be in the movie as some sort of tribute and homage. So, Julie, what's your prediction we're going to do like a little bit of a like little gold men style uh, handicapping, but you feel like it's going to be like a huge Oscar. Like, like what, what's your sense? Do you think it's going to win a lot? I think it's going to win a lot. I think it could be in the best picture race. I think Lady Gaga, I feel like for some reason walking out of that theater, I thought she had the better chance in the acting category, right? I feel like people want, it's like, this is based literally on just my sense of the world. Like I'm not, not on any facts, but like, I sort of feel like people want her to win. I don't know. I just feel like she has a good momentum sort of going. She has a good momentum. If I am their kind of PR strategist though, I would sit them down and advise them to stop sharing the same stories over and over again about the face wipe and everything. The face wipe. And also, did you see the clip? I saw a clip going around Twitter this morning, actually, of all the times over just this press tour. So like since, you know, October, September that she said the exact same line about, um, it's something like if a hundred people are in there, if a hundred people are in the room and 99 don't believe in you, it just takes one. But she says it the exact same way at every different premiere. Um, I think I heard her say that (laughs) three times at the Toronto film festival. Do you think that's just a thing of, I mean, we both know that like these people have to do a million junkets. I feel like you don't usually see someone repeat the same line the same way, though. I know. It's a little weird. 
right? Is, like, she must be consciously doing that. Is it just because it's like easier than having to? I don't know. She shouldn't. Yeah, I agree. That's like we're hearing too much of the same thing over and over. Right. So how do they keep that fresh for the next four four months? I don't know. But Josh and I are very curious to hear yeah. your thoughts on what you thought of the movie. I'm sure we'll be continuing to talk about Bradley and Gaga because they're going to be award season staples now for the rest of the year. Also, I love that Bradley Cooper's he cast his ear doctor to play his character's ear doctor, which I just thought I was... thought thought that was crazy when I read that. So you're he. Did he have speaking lines? I can't even really remember because I read your thing after I saw the movie. There's a quick scene. Bradley Cooper's character has tinnitus, which is like a hearing condition. And there's a scene where he's being examined. I don't think we really clear hear any of the doctor's lines very clearly, but... I mean, this still, doctor I must. This doctor's family must be living it up this week, emailing him. Can you imagine? I know. I can't. Imagine. Also, you know what I thought was sweet? How Bradley cast lots of alias people: Greg Grunberg, Ron Rifkin, like in kind of small parts. But I feel like he's very loyal. I um, know. And like I Robert know. De Niro's daughters in it. Right, and Dave Chappelle, apparently he and Bradley Cooper are like really great friends. Oh, that scene confused me. I was like, he ended up in a ditch outside of Dave Chappelle's house? Like, how? Right, I was a little unclear <laughs> <but>, on <in> that. <laughs> but I did love that whole scene, and that was like very fun, and the wedding and everything. God, if I'm spoiling a lot. Up. Hopefully everyone's seen it. I'm sure most people have who are listening to this. Wow. Um, let's just take a moment to talk about what we're most anticipating from Eugenie's wedding this Friday. As Many of you know she's marrying a fellow named Jack Brooksbank this Friday at Windsor Castle. Like Harry and Meghan's wedding, the ceremony will take place at St. George's Chapel. Prince George and Princess Charlotte will reportedly be in the wedding party. Celebrity guests are said to include George and Amal Clooney because Jack works for Casamigas. Also, Kate Middleton, Meghan Markle, Kate Moss, Naomi Campbell, David and Victoria Beckham, Ed Sheeran, and Cressida. Bonus, Prince Harry's ex. Star-studded. I know. Josh, what are you most anticipating? I'm very excited. I think in a weird way, maybe because this one is more under the radar as opposed to Harry and Meghan, I feel like weirder stuff maybe might be able to happen. Right. Um, like I kind of, I'm, I want a little bit more, I feel like Harry and Meghan's everything went off without a hitch and we're all very happy about that. But I, except for the Thomas Markle drama, actually, that's not totally true. But day of everything went on without a hitch. Um, I feel like this wedding, I kind of want a little bit more of a, like a viral moment or like, I don't want anything to go wrong at the wedding, but I want, I just feel like there's like a possibility for more weirdness maybe. Well, I love that there's a really hot feud going into this. Um, as some of you might know, Prince Philip and Sarah Ferguson, Eugenie's mother, have not gotten along since 1992 when Sarah was involved in that kind of famous toe-sucking scandal. She was photographed in Saint-Tropez, sunbathing topless, while an American businessman sucked her toes. I mean... I have forgotten the details of that. It is crazy. It is crazy. So the royal family was thrust into this public scandal. Um, She was still married to Prince Andrew at the time. Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson have gotten over it. They have a very friendly relationship now. They live in the same house. They go on family vacations. But Prince Philip 
refused, has been refusing to be even in the same room as Fergie. And it's thought to be just because of that scandal, right? Right. And also she's done things in the past, like kind of... And then she like fell story like and like talked to the press and stuff. Right. And she was kind of like entrapped trying to sell access to... Oh, right, 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 right. So she's kind of been involved in some embarrassing scandals. Wait, and also the Camilla drama. Did you hear about that? Right. So why isn't she attending? So Victoria Arbiter, the royal reporter, tweeted, I know it seems odd that Camilla's missing Eugenie's wedding, but it doesn't indicate any malice or ill feeling. Royals don't like to disappoint, and given Camilla's already committed to attending a school event, it's duty first. And I was like, I'm sorry, she's attending a school event over this wedding? I know, what a diss. Like, one of those, like, everyday royal appearances, they all do, like, seven of a week? Like, I thought, it, like, when I, when I started reading the tweet, I'm like, oh, she must have, like, a really big commitment. Like, she has to go meet, you know, Mick Jagger in Switzerland or something. But then it's a school event. I would be really offended. I know. I'm going to miss the hats that she would have chosen to wear. I guess they can fit like four more people into the church. And I feel like Camilla and Kate always kind of like do side right? eyes. Right. I'm, cu- I'm curious where Kate will be seated. I read a few reports that said that Royal Protocol stipulates that Kate and Meghan wear recycled dresses so as not to pull focus. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that either. Um, my MVP, I think, remains Jack Brooksbank's 91 year old grandmother joanna i think we talked about this a few months ago after jack and eugenie announced their engagement but joanna gave this amazing interview to the sun in which she voiced her surprise that her grandson landed a royal she said of jack he's a charming boy and all but not that most intelligent and i would never have thought this would happen i just never thought it would go this far her being a member of the royal family I would call him ordinary. I wouldn't say there's anything special about him. He's good looking, nice chap. I think it says a lot about Eugenie that it's him she wants. And it's lovely. Josh. Can she please be hired by like the BBC to do the color commentary of this wedding? Do you know how much infinitely more exciting it would be if like we could hear her thoughts on everything going on? We need someone like this who tells it like it is. I mean, also, this is, like, bonkers. I don't think I remember this. I remembered it. (laughs) I know. I'm ready for her to officiate. I want her and the queen to, like, have some brandy together or something and just, like, have it out. I feel like they'd have a lot to say. (laughs) Amazing. She'll definitely be at the wedding, right? His grandmother? She'll definitely be at the wedding. Um, I'm also curious whether Samantha Markle is going to try to hit it when she's in town. Do you think... I guess we should uh, maybe discuss how Megan is going to... Do you think Megan is going to have like a low-key presence at this wedding? Yes. I don't know how close she, Eugenie, and Harry are. They both live in cottages at Kensington Palace. I think they're weirdly like somewhat tight. I feel like they always are kind of hanging with them. But yeah, I know. I feel like Megan's just going to kind of have a low profile. I would love if she just took the mic at the reception and maybe... Gave a little impromptu. Like, full on, no, totally. Please check out, we're going to record right after the wedding. um, And that episode will be out very soon thereafter, the same way we did for Harry and Meghan. If we, we will definitely be using the In the Limelight Twitter and Instagram, probably in some fashion, 
on that day too because last time was so fun with you guys sending us like thoughts and tweets and questions so we'll incorporate that as well right let us know what you want us to talk about and dive into all right well that does it for this week's episode thank you guys so much for listening please remember to rate review all of that on apple Podcasts. we really appreciate it you can reach out to us and leave us a voicemail also that number is 347-790-0966 also feel free to reach out to us on twitter at in the limelight you can also follow us individually i'm at julie w miller and i'm at jay duboff we also are on instagram at in the limelight pod this episode was edited and produced by daniel roth thanks so much for joining us we'll talk to you next week and until then no No bad bad energy. energy